but the Reformation Luther was a past master of it. Yet doubt wasn't his default setting. If he called things into doubt, he did so in the name of certainty. Certainty wasn't simply a quality his mind invested in his own ideas, a common enough foible. It was the explicit focus and priority of his interpretation of the Christian gospel. The Bible, for him, had to be an utterly certain source of truth. The truth derived from it had itself to be utterly certain. And the fruit of that truth in the soul of the believer had to be an unwavering and absolute certainty of the immediate enjoyment of the grace and favour of God. This was the core meaning of his most famous slogan, Justification by Faith Alone. His heart and soul demanded of Christianity something it had never before given, and to understand Luther and his ideas is to understand how he reshaped the Christian faith to yield this absolute certainty. The purpose of this book is to explain how Luther came to his revolutionary conception of Christian certainty and how that conception contradicted the traditional Christianity in which he had himself been formed. Historical writing is a sin of omission. To make any sense of the past, one has to leave out an immense amount, and that process is as regrettable as it is inevitable. When the subject is as well documented and as relentlessly researched and commented upon as Martin Luther, then omission will be almost the defining feature of any book, especially a relatively short book. His own published writings are enough to fill a capacious bookcase. The writings of his friends, colleagues and opponents would furnish a small library, and that isn't to mention the massive body of further contemporary evidence that provides the context for the man, his ideas and his achievement. As for the scholarly literature that has accumulated since his lifetime, it is already of such unimaginable bulk that no single human mind could cope with it in a lifetime of study. It is at least in keeping with Luther's own method that this book is primarily the product of reading in and reflection on his own substantial output and on the writings of his contemporaries rather than a distillation from the humanly unassimilable mass of Luther scholarship. Luther spoke of deriving Christian truth from the Bible alone. This was, at best, an exaggeration, and I don't claim to derive my understanding of Luther from Luther alone. But Luther's own writings are the starting point and reference point for this investigation. Historical writing is, to repeat, a sin of omission. But if, as Luther taught, even the best of human works and actions is still a sin, then perhaps this historian can legitimately hope that his work, however deficient, may nevertheless have some good in it. It is customary at this point in a preface for authors to remark that Whatever help and advice they might have received from other people in the writing of their book, any mistakes that remain are emphatically their own. In this case, the familiar refrain has even more truth than usual. There really is hardly anyone else to blame. 
I must therefore do the decent thing and accept full responsibility for what follows. Apart from the two anonymous readers who scrutinized the text on behalf of Princeton University Press, the only other people who have read any of this are my student, Jonathan Reimer, and my son, Oliver. I am deeply indebted to the two anonymous readers, who were generous with both encouragement and constructive criticism, and saved me from myself on numerous occasions. John Reimer kindly gave some time, after the successful completion of his doctoral dissertation, to a close reading of the opening chapter, and was especially helpful in tracking down some particularly recondite references. He also compiled the index. Ollie heroically worked his way through most of the book in the narrow window of opportunity between...